Sunday afternoon after the Ohio State Buckeyes opened the season with a victory. Obviously, that's the most important part. They won. Not only did they win, they won by 20 on the road in the Big Ten. But should we be concerned with Ohio State and the way things went? It wasn't the most perfect win in the world. What did we learn from this week one game against the Indiana Hoosiers? And how will the Buckeyes look better the next couple weeks? We'll break it down in our What We Learned episode A Buckeye Breakdown coming up next. We've got the whole crew together as we cover Ohio State with our instant analysis from Ohio State. There's something that doesn't feel right. Unbelievable effort from him today. Is EJ Liddell going to crack the first team all Big Ten? I think he can be the guy. I'm not trying to start a quarterback controversy. He seems to have the durability. He certainly has the toughness. This is the question on a lot of people's minds here. Welcome to Buckeye Breakdown. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Buckeye Breakdown, and thanks for making us part of your daily stop as we cover the Ohio State Buckeyes here during the 2023 season. I'm Brendan Gulick, along with Anthony Meglin. We are live at 7 a.m. every weekday to tell you about Ohio State, both looking backwards and uh, certainly looking forward to the week to come. Uh, And and we've got wall-to-wall coverage all weekend long. Obviously, we were in Bloomington yesterday and and, uh, did as much as we could there for you, and we're going to give you a little bit Uh, maybe more of a deeper dive here this afternoon on uh, some additional thoughts around yesterday's game. Uh, And in addition to that, if you're looking for any written content uh, or additional podcast or video stuff, please head over to BuckeyesNow.com. We are part of the Fan Nation Network through the Sports Illustrated Media Group. All right, Anthony, um, should we be concerned? It's the simple question to start the show. Should we be concerned about Ohio State after their win yesterday? Yeah, no, I think it's uh, way, way too early to uh, to hit the panic button. Uh, really, on anything, uh, you know, we obviously the hot button topic is the quarterbacks and the quarterback play. Uh, I think there is a lot. There's a lot of other question marks that are still kind of lingering, but obviously everyone wants to know: Hey, is Kyle McCord the guy? Is he our guy, or is Devin Brown our guy? And whoever it's going to be, can they push us to be a playoff team and a uh, a national championship contender? Um, and I think it's way too early to, to, to be panicking about it uh, because one of the things you always say, it's never as good as it seems. It's never as bad as it seems. Um, and, and being removed now, you know, almost a full day, you know, it's not, it's not it wasn't as bad uh, as it may have looked or felt in the moment. Um, you know, we're so used, gotten so used to the great quarterback play of C.J. Straub. Justin Fields before him, uh, Dwayne Haskins, JT Barrett, you know, they've strung together really, you know, eight-ish years of great quarterback play. Um, and, you know, they certainly took their lumps along the way. We, t- we referenced it yesterday. Um, CJ's first start against Minnesota didn't look as clean, and he turned out to be the number two overall pick two years later. Um, you know, so you never want to hit the panic button um, so early. And 20 of 33, uh, 239 yards, an interception. It's not a horrible day at the office. Yeah, it's not great, right? It's not it's not Hall of Fame numbers there, but it's not bad. You know, there was some a lot of stuff to like, um, and I think a lot of stuff to improve on from the quarterback position. I, I uh, I'm not overly concerned, but there are a couple of areas that have my attention. I'll put it to you that way. And frankly, one of them is not quarterback. Um, I'm pretty good with what I saw from Kyle McCord yesterday. I didn't expect him to look like he was going to be the number one pick in the NFL draft. Um, I, I tried to keep in perspective, what did we see from Justin Fields and his first start? What did we see from CJ Stroud and his first start? Not to mention, it's not like this was a, a bye game for the Buckeyes where, 
you know, another team shows up in the shoe and gets 1.8 million bucks to prop up the rest of their yeah. athletic department and, and be a sacrificial lamb for a day. Indiana is not terrible. They're not, they're not great. They might be bowl eligible by the end of the year, but they're not awful. So let's put into perspective that they also had 23 transfers, a ton of them, by the way, on the defensive side of the ball, and you got no tape on anybody. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really didn't have a big problem with the way Kyle McCord played. I thought there were some moments that he probably wants to have back, um, but he showed me some really good stuff yesterday. I am very comfortable with him moving forward, and frankly, one of my biggest takeaways from yesterday's game, I kind of think the quarterback battle is kind of over. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm, I'm basing it off of what Ryan Day told us going into the week. And we really didn't see Devin Brown yesterday. I mean, I know he came in for a series, handoff, handoff, you know, quarterback draw that got blown up because Josh Simmons missed a block and it was three and out. And then Ryan Day said, ah, I don't want to like mess up the rhythm here. Let's put Kyle back in and, and go from there. And then we saw Devin Brown at the end of the game when, when the outcome had already long been since determined. So one of the things I learned from the game yesterday, frankly, frankly, pretty surprisingly for me, was that it seems like this quarterback battle is is pretty much over because Ryan Day didn't use Devin Brown yesterday in some situations where I thought he could have if he really was more undecided about the future of that position. Yeah, and I agree with you. I think that that's it was a very telling situation because before then, um, you know, his last conference, last time we heard Coach Day speak, it was that he said that um, Devin Brown was going to get meaningful snaps. Like it wasn't going to be against the, you know, in mop up duty, it was going to get actual meaningful game time snaps, and that just didn't happen outside of that that drive. And it's really, you know, it wasn't there wasn't ever a good spot to to do it. You know, you start with McCord and get things rolling just a little bit. Um, and it really would have been an awkward thing, you know, as we saw, they went three and out when, uh, when Devin was in. So I agree with you. I think that that was very telling because he told everybody that he wanted to get a meaningful snaps and then it didn't happen. Um, so yeah, I think you're, I think you're spot on with that. Um, you know, Devin or CJ or excuse me, Kyle threw it 33 times and was in 95% of the game. I think that, like you said, tells you everything you need to know about the quarterback competition. Yeah, and look, I'm not saying Devin's not going to get time the next couple of weeks. I think there's maybe more opportunity for him to see the field the next couple of weeks. And and Ryan Day is the head coach, man. He can change his mind if he wants to change his mind. But he made it clear that you can't lose, and he thought Kyle McCord gave them the best chance repeatedly throughout the game yesterday for the Buckeyes to win. And to me, that's – like that's the crux of it. That's how you make the decision on who your quarterback is, who gives you the best chance and in opportunities where he could have said, okay, you know, this is working fine, but let's see what another guy can do. He didn't really go to him except for once. Uh, and that was a very quick three and out and it, and Devin didn't even really get a chance to do anything. He handed the ball off twice and then, um, mm-hmm. you know, was, was dropped for a, uh, you know, a blown up protection. So I think that was one of the biggest things that I learned and, and, you know, for the, for the folks that are feeling like maybe what they saw from Kyle yesterday is, is like somehow handcuffing the Buckeye offense because he threw some shorter routes, maybe some intermediate ones more than trying to take deep shots down the field. 
I don't know that I put that on Kyle's shoulders as much as, frankly, I put it on the offensive line. I thought the left side of the offensive line struggled a little bit, specifically Josh Simmons. And maybe Kyle's clock was speeding up a little bit because he didn't necessarily trust the protection in front of him. Yeah, you could definitely, you know, point to that because even in the run game too, you know, there was last year we had Ohio State averaged over six yards a carry. Yesterday was about four uh, yards a carry, and there was a couple of really big chunk plays. So even in the run game, it wasn't as clean as you liked it, and then certainly in the pass protection game. Um, it wasn't it wasn't as comfy as you want a first time starter to have back there because uh, it just takes one. You know, you, you think back to the the play that was ruled a uh, incompletion when Kyle was stepping up. Uh, he held on to it maybe a touch too long, but really not. Uh, got hit from behind. The ball squirted out. They you know kind of was fumble or incomplete. Um, that whole set set right there, and you get something like that to happen early. You know, that's a very nerve wracking thing because that came from the backside. And it was, hey, do I trust it? Can I stand in there and trust my protection? And the, que- the answer to that question was uh, an emphatic no. He was not trusting it. Happy feet in the pocket, really not, did not look comfortable at any point throughout the uh, the afternoon yesterday. So you make a really good point. The offensive line certainly had a little bit of its struggles, and it goes and it continues. Everything's connected. You know, the, the 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 starting offensive line wasn't determined until Monday of this week of this past week. Uh, so you go through a whole camp of a competition, um, you know, where guys are going in and out. It's new pieces here, new pieces there, trying different things and experimenting. And it, uh, it's hard to form chemistry. It's hard to form uh, a really good, um, you know, feel for your for your, the guys up front. And when they're working together, there's a lot of question marks still. So that was a little discouraging because it's not like the way it has been. Remember when we had, you know, two first round or two NFL talents at the at the edges and then an NFL talent in the, in the very center um, you know, there's a lot of learning curves that are going to happen here up front. And it's really nerve wracking as a quarterback to stand back there with a lot of question mark um, in front of him. I was pleasantly surprised at the balance in the run versus the pass. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to be the kind of thing Ryan Day likes to strive for. He says it all the time. He wants to run the ball more. And yesterday he actually did. And and I don't know if that was you know, because of the kind of game that they wanted to play. Um, you know, I, I that running back room is healthy, and so that's certainly part of it. Um, Chip Trainum got more carries in the second half than Travion Henderson did yesterday. I also think Travion, I, I believe Ryan Day when he says, hey, that's, you know, he's our, he's our first running back. Um, but – They've got some depth in that room. Those other guys deserve to play. Travion's a little bit of a different runner because he's he certainly has a little bit better top-end speed. I, I'm, I'm not questioning his toughness by any stretch. Please don't misinterpret this. He just doesn't have the same thump that Chip Trainum does or that Mayan William does. I mean, Chip Trainum runs with like this reckless abandon that he wants to kill you when he runs you over. And Travion runs hard but he, he, he doesn't have the body type to absorb some of that. And, and, you know, we obviously saw that last year when he dealt with an injury, Mayan Williams, same kind of thing as, as Chip Trainum, in my opinion, he's a little stockier, a little shorter, obviously, but um, he runs with, with a desire to absorb contact and fall forward. And I think Travion is just a little bit better, you know, cutting his way through the defense and, and, you know, bursts to the sideline, 
while still being physical, right? He's hard to tackle, but anybody that watches Travion Henderson and, and Chip Trainum is going to notice a difference in the style of running. Certainly, and that's evident as well with the fact that they put Chip Trainum at fullback sometimes in front of Mayan Williams or, or, or Travion, right? There's a couple times in there where, you know, Chip was leading the way um, and really delivering a punch. Um, and you're right. I think when, when you watch Chip Trainum run the football, you know, he's an enforcer. He's looking for contact. And again, not to say the others aren't, but he just delivers a little bit of a blow, um, more of your short yarded type of guy, but had a long of 17 yards yesterday and ran it really well. Um, you know, eight carries for 61. So just a tough guy to bring down all three of them. I think that's a great room. You know, whoever's back there, it doesn't matter. I think you're, you're, you're happy with whoever you have out there. Um, whether it's, whether it's mine, whether it's Travion or whether it's chip, um, you know, anybody who's getting a rock, you're comfortable watching them run. And I agree too, with your first point, uh, the balance yesterday was really, really good. Um, you know, 36 pass attempts, 31 rush attempts. That includes two quarterback runs um, in there. So very good balance. And I think that's going to be more of what you see Ohio State be um, this year. I think it was evident. I know we haven't got to the play calling and stuff yet, but I know they're still searching for answers there um, and, and um, you know, improvement there. But you know, a lot of eye formation stuff, you know, stuff we haven't seen in a while. And when a team is primarily in the eye, um, you know, they're going to run the offense through the run game. Um, so it's going to be a run first and then throw off the run. A lot of play action, a lot of naked bootlegs, a lot of shorter stuff. Um, and, you know, that was evident with the way that uh, they came out and what their identity was yesterday, you know, doing a lot of, a lot on the ground and a lot of throws that were off of play action. A lot of good comments coming in over on our YouTube channel. If you're watching live with us, thanks. And if you're listening after the fact, please know that you can follow us live uh, on our on our YouTube channel every day. Um, and I do see a question in here from Joshua Delosier. He, he says, what's wrong with Dallin Hayden? Was he a healthy scratch yesterday or was he on the scout team now or what's going on? I, I think, frankly, the answer is not a condemnation of Dallin Hayden as much as it is, hey, right now there's three dudes that are in that room that are healthy and strong. And, you know, the kind of game that the Buckeyes wanted to play yesterday, Dallin just fell on the depth chart a little bit. But um, he's going to play. He certainly looked good when he got in there last year and you know, it's just part of being at Ohio State. When you're on that team, the expectation is you got to compete for playing time. There's only one ball, right? I mean, they, they ran 67 plays yesterday. I guarantee you in the first half, Marvin Harrison and Emeka Ibuka were foaming at the mouth. Give me the football. Like, we couldn't get touches to the best receivers with any regularity, right? So there, there's an element of patience. I don't think Dallin Hayden, by any stretch, is like falling out of good grace, I think actually it's more what Chip Trainum showed us yesterday that was super unique. Ohio State used Chip Trainum as a fullback and as a tailback. And depending on your perspective, you could argue maybe he's a better running back than than Travion Henderson. They're, they're different styles. It depends what you want. But when you watched Trainum run yesterday, and then when you watched him set up as a lead blocker for Mayan Williams – I want 19 on the field all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I know it was uh, – agreed, agreed, agreed with you. I don't think it's a situation where um, Hayden had fallen out. I think it's just you have such – there's not a lot of touches that can go around, um, and you got to take your best guys. you got to put them out there. It's just, it just a deal where he kind of fell off maybe in, today, maybe in the game plan um, for this particular week. Um, or just, hey, you got into the game. They may have been planning – 
uh, on getting him, getting him some carries, and uh, um, and then things just fell the way they did. And, and you love what you saw out of Chip and out of Mayan and out of uh, Travion. So I think that it was a uh, not a situation where he's doing anything bad. It's just the other guys were were very good. So I, I guess um, the answer to the question of the show is, you know, should we be concerned? My my answer is no, um, but I can understand why there are some some people that are looking at parts of the team saying, ah, I don't really know. And I think the one that I think is a most fair question right now, frankly, is left tackle. Um, you know, Donovan Jackson is a really, really good guard. And I, I don't know that I would really want to entertain the idea of moving him out to tackle. Um, I don't think Josh Simmons is going to see the same kind of pass rush from Youngstown State or from Western Kentucky the next couple weeks. But the Buckeyes have to figure out the left side of that offensive line. And I'm not saying it was like a glaring problem, right? They they had a productive day, um, but that wasn't as solid as I hoped. And I think that needs to get short up. I agree. I agree with you because, like you said, um, you know, that – this wasn't an Indiana team that's going to put fear in anybody, especially up front. Um, and when you stu- do start getting the teams that do have elite fronts um, and elite guys up front, you know, then that, that, pr- that little question mark becomes a huge problem. You know, it was productive yesterday, but it probably should have been a lot better yesterday um, just based on the, the competition you're seeing. So um, shorting that up, I think is, is really important. That's got to be, you know, priority number one going into these next two weeks, right? You kind of go back into a little bit of a camp mindset um, with some of the opponents you have facing up. So it's really shoring those two things, that, that position up on left and right tackle um, have got to be priority number one and two. All right, let's go to the defense for a second here because uh, I, I think I made it fairly clear there. Chip Trainum's kind of my, you know, generally my offensive player of the game yesterday. Defensively, there's a lot of different directions I could go with, you know, naming that kind of a guy. Um, mm-hmm. I thought Josh Pl- Josh Proctor played great. I didn't see quite as much of Mike Hall as I had hoped, but mm-hmm. I, you you tell me what you think around Mike Hall's skill set. My opinion is that because of his size and and the the kind of game plan Indiana had, you know, put forth where they're running as much as they were running, it it sort of felt to me like your defensive tackles get worn down a little bit over time in a game where it's just pounding the ball on the run. And, and maybe Ohio State needed a little more depth there because my call is, is perhaps slightly better at pass rushing. Yeah, I think that from a defensive tackle perspective, a lot of times a great game or a good game isn't evident in stats or maybe not the seeing of a bunch on TV when you're watching. Um, it's a lot of, hey, plugging up the gaps, really being a force inside where, you know, Indiana has to or the opponent has to you know, account two or three guys just to make sure Mike Hall doesn't make a play or just to make sure your defensive tackles um, are non-factors. And that and that is kind of evident. You rewatched that first quarter and the first and second quarter. I would have liked to see him a little bit more in terms of on the field. We talked about that earlier in the week, like maybe get the substitution patterns down where your best guys are out there more often. However, you know, he was re- wreaking havoc inside, um, you know, and just being making it really challenging uh, to run inside the tackles. As you can see early on, Indiana kind of you know 
readjusted um, and started running a lot more to the perimeters, um, getting trying to get in outside because the middle was just so plugged up with him and then Tommy on the second level really playing in tandem. Thought he played very, very well. Uh, I agree with your uh, Josh Proctor assessment. I think he was awesome, uh, made that huge fourth down play. Um, and then your, your two corners. Um, I thought Denzel Burke had a really nice game. It's really good when you don't ever hear a corner's name be called because that means he's not giving up a catch. He's not having to make tackles because his guys are catching the football. Uh, had two PBUs that were really nice plays. So just did his job. I think that's exactly what you wanted to see um, out of Denzel Burke on the outside. Just do your job. Don't give up any big plays. And he gave up no plays. So really nice game, I think, uh, on the perimeter by, by him. Totally agree on on the Burke front there. The only thing I would say about Proctor is that, you know, Josh plays this like violent enforcer, you know, hey, I'm the last hope at the back end of the defense. Um, and I feel like if he's coming straight downhill, you're toast. Right. Yeah. But if you can make him miss, he's a he's a little bit more likely to miss than I would like him to be. Mm-hmm. Um and, and I don't know that I necessarily love that out of a guy playing that position. But, you know, he certainly showcased an aggressiveness that, that you like um, and a physicality that you like. So, you know, it, it, maybe nothing's perfect, but yeah. that, that might be my one, my one critical takeaway of his play yeah. yesterday. He definitely is a hitter. You know, he comes out, he wants you to feel it. Uh, and those things becoming more of a short tackler um, is something that actually can be practiced. Like you can't teach the physicality portion of it. Like it's just in you, whether it's innate or not. Like for me, like I would never hit like that hard ever, but you got guys who just it's in them where, you know, they want to make sure that when they're hitting somebody, they know it and they remember it. Uh, but the technique stuff where you become, you can kind of shore it up um, that can be practiced and that will be practiced. Um, so that's one thing that can definitely improve, and I think you will see it continue to get better. Uh, but I think he played a really nice game. And then Sonny Styles had, had a couple flashes in there, too. I mean, he's obviously kind of – he kind of fits in that role, too. It's fun to watch him run around uh, because he's just a, such a unique body type. He's huge, um, and he's so athletic um, and really fun to watch. So I'm really – I was really happy with – I mean, overall, the entire defense, all three levels, I thought played a really nice game. Um, and it doesn't matter who you're playing, you know, they, to shut a team out from uh, scoring a touchdown is pretty good. Um, so I thought I was, I was impressed by everybody uh, on that, uh, on that side of the football. Yeah. And the field goal that they converted clanked off the upright and, and bounced in. So, I mean, they almost yeah. did you know, have a shutout. I want to get to a comment here. That's, that's kind of driving me nuts. The Buckeye businessman, the fact that he said the quarterback battles over and the Kyle won the job yesterday, worst take I've ever heard. Well, uh, you're wrong. Uh, I didn't say Kyle has permanently won the job. I specifically said Ryan Day reserves the right to change his mind on his process. However, there's no way Kyle McCord against Western Kentucky or Youngstown State is going to lose the job, right? If he was the guy in a Big Ten game on the road yesterday and with the exception of on a fourth down on a broken play, made one mistake throwing across the middle of the field. He wasn't perfect, and he threw an interception that essentially worked out as missing a field goal. Kyle played fine, and he showed some flashes of why he was a five-star quarterback. He, I, I thought the throw to Marvin Harrison that was a touchdown that was called back was an mm-hmm. awesome throw. Um, his throw over the, uh, over the middle of the field to Julian Fleming was a fantastic throw. 
a couple of really good throws to Cade Stover. I mean, he I thought he did a lot of really good things while it was maybe a little bit more conservative on the play calling side. I really liked what Kyle did. And, and I don't see, unless something drastic happens, I don't see how Kyle is going to lose the starting job in, in a couple of games, the next two weeks that are essentially by games before you go play Notre Dame. And, and if you have a guy that starts the first three games of the year and the Buckeyes are going to be 3-0, they're not going to lose to Western Kentucky, they're not going to lose to Youngstown State, he, he's going to be the guy. So I'm not saying Devin Brown's never going to play, but Ryan Day attacked the game yesterday in such a way that told me that he's got more faith in Kyle than he's got in Devin right now. I agree. I agree. I think that uh, you said it perfectly. He didn't do anything bad, like horrible um, yesterday. It can. It's all going to get better. It was his first start of the year. It's the first game of the year. Um, you can look across the country yesterday and, and look at a number of quarterbacks who didn't play their best. And, you know, that's fine. You don't have to – this doesn't have to be a finished product in week one. I thought the throw to Julian Fleming was my favorite uh, across the middle. Um, that was later in the game. You know, he was kind of in starting to build a little bit of a rhythm, and that was a shot. You know, that was a laser in between three guys. Great catch by Fleming um, and made one guy miss, got a couple extra yards uh, right after that. Um, and then you could really see his comfort thrown to Kate Stover. You know, Stover, five catches, 98 yards uh, yesterday. Uh, you know, we talk, we've talked about it a number of times. You know, tight ends are a quarterback's best friend, um, and, and it was that yesterday. And Kate Stover is – He's an. I think he's a, a great player. He's got such a huge, huge, uh, hard to tackle, and he's athletic as heck. Um, very fun to watch and very fun to throw to. Uh, but that throw over the middle, um, you know, the one that was 48-yarder, was an awesome play design um, coming off a play-action turn, and that was also ripped. I mean, he that was a shot right over the middle. Great throw, really accurate. A runner, uh, you know, catch a runner's ball. Uh, we can catch and go afterwards. So there were some really there was flashes of very good yesterday. It's just got to be more consistent, and, and it'll get there. It, it'll get there. Um, and like you said, too, we'll see. This wasn't the last of seeing Devin Brown. You'll, you'll continue to see him, especially in these next two weeks um, moving forward. All right. You're the you're the former college quarterback among the two of us. I know everybody thinks I was. <laughs> yeah, right, uh, right. Clearly not. Uh, so we got a question here from Michael. It said, what do you think of Kyle's long windup? What do you think about his mechanics? Yeah, not necessarily concerned about it. Um, you know, that's something that's – Two things. Really hard to change. Um, that's something that, you know, is, is really tough to change because it's so natural. You know, you've, he's been throwing that way ever since it was, um, you know, ever since he's been a little kid. You know, so it's really tough to do. I didn't think it was necessarily like I think back to Tim Tebow and he had the longest windup of all time. Um, and that really, you know, in college it worked. Um, they tried to adjust it in the pros. But I don't think I honestly don't think the windup is, is that big of a deal. Um, you know, some guys are, are really natural and quick with it. Other guys aren't. Justin Fields has a really long windup, um, you know, in, in a really extended. He gets it way, way back here. It's really extended. Um, so it takes some time. Not at all concerned about Kyle's mechanics. Um, I, I don't don't think that it was overly it's too long of a windup at all. All right. Let's kind of wrap up our show here this afternoon with some discussion around play calling. Um, obviously, we saw some things yesterday that looked really different, right? We we really aren't used to seeing the kinds of formations that Ohio State ran. Um, literally, like the first drive of the game, you're running the I formation. It was a it wasn't I form the whole way down, but you know they lined up and played some power smash mouth football. And I said in our show post game yesterday, I don't know if it was part of their mentality to send this message, but. It felt a little to me like, hey, Michigan, we're we're uh, 
we're going to be a little different this year, so you better be ready for it. Um, I, I am I'm a little frustrated though by Ohio State's inability, for whatever reason, over a long enough period of time now to convert on short yardage situations on third and fourth downs. I don't get it. I don't know why that has been somewhat problematic. Yeah, it's a it, it's a that's a peculiar one because. You, the answer is physicality and toughness. Right? You get down to third and two, especially in the red area. Like you think back to that drive late in the game, the game was kind of already in hand. I think it was 23 at the time. They go for it on fourth down. That one in particular stands out in my mind because I think that that was a, it was a really good throw. He threw that wheel route up the sideline to Mine Williams. Uh, had he just checked it down to, uh, to Marvin running across the middle, he was kind of cut loose, it would have been a touchdown. Uh, but nonetheless, move the sticks. And then you, because you, the, why it was questionable to me, because you go for it on fourth and four, you get into first and goal, and then you end up kicking a field goal. Like that's got to be one where it's, hey, we convert on fourth down. You got to go score. Um, and that's just got to be, a, hey, we need a guy out there to figure it out. You know, just if it's our running backs, we need the running back to get in the end zone. If we're going behind the offensive line, we need you guys to get a push and get some movement. Or if we're dropping back and throwing it, Kyle, we need you to make a play. I don't care what play is up. We need you to finish in the end zone. Um, so how they, they're still searching for an identity. I know it was – the, the third and fourth down thing is kind of gone on a couple of years, but, you know, still searching for that identity on offense really makes it challenging because, you know, when you get to the third and short and fourth and short, it's a mindset. Like, Hey, no one should stop us on whatever play we call. It should be, it should, we should be able to move the stick. So something you're going to continue to work on and was disappointing to see yesterday. Yeah. And I don't know that, you know, the next couple of weeks we're going to, suddenly flip and go way the other way because the reality is Ohio State probably is going to control the line of scrimmage against Youngstown State and Western Kentucky. So, you know, do, do we suddenly overreact and say, oh, gee, now this isn't a problem at all because, you know, every time there was a third and three or a fourth and one, they decided to be aggressive and go for it and, and they pick it up like all problems are fixed. I don't I don't know that that's necessarily, you know, the right way to approach this. Um I think Indiana's defensive front yesterday was pretty decent. I thought Andre Carter played a great game. thought Aaron Casey played a great game. I mean, both of those guys, if they were wearing scarlet and gray, they looked like they would kind of fit in. I don't know that they'd be stars, but they looked good enough like they could play in Ohio State's defense. Um, Indiana did a, a nice job yesterday, both schematically, and they they wanted to come out and hit, and you got to play that kind of physical game. I, I, if I'm an Indiana fan yesterday, I'm disappointed in the way Tom Allen um, approached the offense yesterday. I, I guess he's obviously more on the defensive side. It was probably more of a, a Walt Bell thing, but I just felt like they tried to, they tried to lose a close game and feel good about it rather than like go for it. And that was disappointing yeah. if you're an Indiana fan. Yeah. They, they called it, in my opinion, very scared. Uh, try not to lose as opposed to go just go try and win. Um, you know, you hear that often where it's that balance of, hey, we should, we're playing not to lose. They were trying to just take take the air out of the ball. I didn't I didn't love what we saw on the offensive side. However, the, those two guys you mentioned, Aaron Casey, I thought was really fun to watch. I thought he played awesome. He was physical as heck, making a lot of good plays in the backfield, finished with 11 tackles, one TFL. And then Andre Carter, we, we kind of highlighted him earlier in the week, uh, finished with four tackles, two tackles for loss, um, and, and played. He was kind of forced, forced to be reckoned with up front. Um, you know, I was impressed with Indiana. I would be happy with the way their defense played. 
Um, and then you got a, they got a ton of questions on offense. Um, I don't love their their skill guys. I thought Jalen Lucas, while he had a great game, you know, kind of returning the ball, I think he had a couple of nice returns. Um, non-factor in the pass game, non-factor in the run game. Their receivers didn't impress me much. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I would be scratching my head on the offensive side of the ball because on defense I think they got they got some dudes over there that are going to play and compete. I, I mean, I don't even know what they were doing at quarterback, Anthony. Like, no. they, they, they didn't give either one of those guys a chance to, like, figure it out at all. They, they it just no. There was no rhythm there at all. And it, and it just – I walked away from that going – wow, they have no clue what they have offensively, and they just don't think it's going to be very good. Yeah, exactly. They were just like picking – it was almost like they were picking a name out of the hat. Like it felt like in the locker room before they went in and picked the starter, and then because two drives later, Taven Jackson came in and then played a while, and then they just went back. It was – I don't know. Head-scratcher to say it. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Well, all in all, I think um, I'm not overly concerned about the Bucs. There are a couple of areas that will have my attention moving forward. Uh, I don't think that we're going to get any great resounding answers the next couple of weeks based on, you know, simple uh, performance execution because you're, you're expected to beat these teams. But you can't always just look at a scoreboard and say, hey, that was really good or really bad because it doesn't always tell the full picture. You know, you pointed it out, you know, th think about where we were one year ago today. All the hype around Ohio State hosting Notre Dame at the shoe one year ago tonight. And wasn't really a very good first half. The Buckeyes grinded out a win. And as they pulled away, they they looked like the better team for sure. Um, and everybody thought, okay, this is a great win. You beat Notre Dame and and now you can you can, you know, take a deep breath as you try to pursue a college national championship. Notre Dame the next week turned around and lost to Marshall and suddenly a win over Notre Dame didn't look all that impressive. And the Irish were basically a non-factor in the national picture the rest of the year and Ohio state for not playing that great against a good team went on and they were, you know, that close to playing in the national championship game. So, you know, a typical week one overreaction in my opinion, from a lot of the stuff we've been seeing and reading, um, I don't, I've said all along, I don't know if Kyle McCord's going to be a first round draft pick. I think he absolutely has the characteristics, the traits to be a professional quarterback. He's got the arm strength. You can't ignore that from yesterday. Um, his work ethic has been awesome the last three years in the facility. His teammates love him. He's smart. He sees the field well. I, I thought some of the play calling yesterday was a little conservative and didn't get a chance to really show that he can let it rip. Um, mm -hmm. But he, I thought he looked good, and I'm, I'm, if I'm an Ohio State fan, I am full steam ahead. Let's go. I, I like, I like where we're at, you know, with McCord uh, running the show. Yeah, agree, I agree with that. I'd like to see some improvements from a play con perspective overall. Not only was it a little conservative, um, felt, felt uh, like they, they were not sure. Like whoever, whoever was potentially calling the plays, it looked like Ryan Day may have been calling the plays in the second half. Um, him or Coach Hartline, you know, they just need to become more um, decisive on, on what they're trying to get after because uh, it felt a little wishy-washy to me as, as I watched. So we'd love to see some improvement there. Um, and, again, that was Brian Hartline's first time being the OC uh, of, a, of a team. So um, you're going to see improvement. You're going to see improvement everywhere. That's kind of the moral of the story and the bottom line is that it's week one. A lot of things change. A lot of things happen. And guys get better, believe it or not. Like, this isn't the team that's going to be playing, you know, Michigan in a couple weeks or at the end of the year and Notre Dame in a couple weeks. Like, this team is going to improve and get better um, and expect to see it.
Yeah, and, and don't judge Ohio State's win over Indiana based on what you saw from Oklahoma or Oregon uh, or, or Ole Miss yesterday. Like that's that's it's just silly. It doesn't it doesn't do you any good to do that. Just all you got to do is beat the team that's in front of you and uh, and keep moving forward. And Ohio State's going to have plenty of chances this year with some big games on their schedule to show that they are the real deal at Notre Dame, at Wisconsin, at Michigan, obviously home against what we expect is going to be a very good Penn State team. So um, off and rolling, a 20-point win on the road in the Big Ten is a good thing and uh, reasons for Ohio State fans to be happy, uh, although I know everybody's always looking for a reason for things to be uh, a little bit better. So uh, I would not be overly concerned with the Bucks after week one. And uh, looking forward to putting a bow on yesterday's game on tomorrow's show. We'll try to do a little film breakdown for you and show you some plays we liked and some things we didn't. And uh, then we'll turn the page on Tuesday to week two. For Anthony Meglin, I'm Brendan Gulick. Thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoyed the show here on Sunday afternoon, 7 a.m. every day this upcoming week. Uh, if you can't catch us live, that's fine. You can listen to it either on YouTube after the fact or we post our podcast, the audio-only version, wherever you like to find your favorite podcasts. And then certainly uh, all the latest news and info is over on BuckeyesNow.com, part of the Sports Illustrated Media Group. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Bucks are 1-0, and they got a chance to get off on the right foot here in the Big Ten.